Welcome once again to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. I'm Darren Long. I will be your host for the hour today. And with me, as always, Jeremy Wiseman, Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management. On a repeat from last week, Jeremy, we had a little bit of a change and we had uh, John's goals in to host the show and sounded great. We had a great response. And this has been a very busy week. So, folks, we have lots to talk about. We had a seminar planned uh, for this week, and hopefully the weather will hold up for us. And we have a lot to say about demand for gold and silver this week. There is a lot happening. But first off, as you well know, this is a show about physical gold, silver, and we love talking about those topics. We want to make sure you understand as a listener that we are not your financial planners or advisors. We leave that up to the experts. We're here to talk about our expertise in these particular arenas, and we are going to help you to own gold and silver and natural fancy colored diamonds, whether it's in an account, whether it's taking it home, whether you'd like to put it in RSP. This is the time of year we can discuss that. There are some deadlines coming. And as always, remember that past performance does not necessarily indicate what future performance will be. In fact, we will make the case that we think our personal opinions that both silver and gold will be far higher than they've ever been. So this is history in the making, folks. It is The Real Money Show, and we are happy to have you come aboard for this week. Now, Jeremy, we have been talking over the last couple of weeks, and might I say that last week's show in particular was of great interest to me in hearing you guys discuss the markets because there was some discussion about costs of the investment or owning gold and silver, which seemed to be something that many of our listeners related to and enjoyed hearing. So we'll use some of that again in today's show. And in terms of the price of silver and gold, right now as we're taping this show on Thursday, a small window, if you will, of consolidation against a backdrop of gains over the last three months. In fact, silver in the last 10 days of January rose uh, over 5.5%, and since mid-November, silver is up over 15%. Gold has been no slouch either. It has also rallied very well. So a near-term consolidation in silver prices would not only be expected, it will be very healthy as such dramatic gains are digested uh, before the next move. I fully expect personally that that next move will be higher for a number of reasons, which we are going to discuss today. Now, as we keep an eye on both gold and silver, uh, a couple of very important things came out this week, and uh, we certainly are no strangers to reporting on what uh, the gold trends have been, silver trends have been, uh, through what we would typically consider to be, I guess, the oversight institutions of supply and demand, the Silver Institute. And uh, in the gold market, we watch the uh, World Gold uh, Federation. We we watch them and their reports and gold demand trends. uh, Certainly the World Gold Council, the World Gold Council, my apologies. And certainly one of the trends that we watch is central bank buying. So I want to introduce this theme right away because I get extremely excited when I see them writing that central bank demand in 2018 was the highest since Nixon closed the gold window. Now, for those that are not familiar, there used to be a gold standard. I think that Jeremy should share, you should share a little bit with us about how you've come to know uh, what that represents and what that period of time meant to the gold market in general. The, how do you mean? as The, the closing standard. of the gold oh, window, right? the closing right? of the gold standard, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, at the end of the day, um, the U.S. dollar once was as good as gold. Um, they had all, well put. They had uh, 
the largest reserves and uh, their dollar was considered as good as gold. What does that mean? That's saying that the currency had a that there was a lot of respect for the currency, right? There was a lot of trust in the currency. Well, going off of that gold standard, first of all, it meant that that the that the U.S. was bankrupt. They couldn't they couldn't deliver the gold, right? So monetarily speaking, they they were claiming bankruptcy. So uh, luckily, they got onto the onto the petrodollar. <laughs> they somehow backed their currency with energy, but that's that's fallen apart at this point. Um, and now what you're also seeing is the central bank buying from around the world because you have to go to the debts. What's happened since the, since the U.S. went off the gold standard? Debts have continued to rise. And as they've continued to rise, they've actually started to um, move in multiples, larger multiples. So, you know, if everything was great in the States the debts wouldn't be in surplus of $22 trillion. Things would be reversing. The Fed's balance sheet would be reversing. But that's not the case. So you have an issue of trust. And how long is it going to be before the middle classes in America start distrusting their currency? Where is that distrust right now? Well, you see it in central bank buying. When you see Russia buying gold, when you see China buying gold, India buying gold, Venezuela trying to get... a get a piece of their gold, um, you're looking at places around the globe that distrust the U.S. dollar. They're looking for ways to circumvent that, and certainly one of the ways you do that is you go back to original money, which is gold. One eight seven seven eight silver or guildhallwealth.com is the website. Use that number and get this information into your hands because knowing is one way that you can benefit through the long-term ownership of gold and silver, being in the know, being educated. And I guess today's theme, and I guess this extends to our seminar as well, Jeremy, really is about educating yourself as much as it is knowing about these types of trends that are taking place. Now, gold demand trends, as they say, over uh, 2018, I don't find it surprising. We follow along, so we see this coming. But to our listeners, Again, let me reiterate, this is the most central bank demand for gold in terms of buying that we've experienced since 1971. Now, what does that say? First of all, let me make it very clear. This is not happening in the West. This is certainly not our great country buying and stocking up or stacking gold, as they would say. This is not the U.S. They are not part of this. They are taking what they have, which is unaudited product, which hasn't been seen or touched since the 60s and they're sticking with their supply and adding bits along the way both countries of course have a mint which is producing tons of metal literally there's there's so much demand in that sense of uh, the discussion but if we look down the list at countries which are buying hand over fist we find out very quickly that this may be something that surprises people uh, in, in knowing that it's not necessarily who they would have thought oh so it's not the the likely no, the it's not. buyers like, like China and Russia, it's others. Russia and China are there. But again, the Central Bank of Turkey increased gold reserves by 51.5 tons in 2018. And this is the second consecutive year of net purchases. Uh, and 
you know, it uh, it begs the question: Why? What do they see? I think these are all related to geopolitical concerns, uh, which is one of the very important pillars of understanding the fundamental reasons to own gold and silver. But they're not alone. Yeah, you know, actually, I I, I think um, I was just reading an article about Venezuela's gold reserves, and uh, and what's happening with England, the Bank of England not releasing a good portion of that reserve back to them. So basically what 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 it is I'm getting back to Turkey on this is that uh Venezuela had 5.1 million ounces. Okay? They had something like 160 tons. They sold a lot of it. What was on reserve at the Bank of England was just 1.2 billion worth, right? But for whatever reason, you have the US blockading trade with Venezuela. And so obviously no international lender or foreign buyer or any trader doesn't want the Bolivar, right? So if Venezuela wants to buy something from Russia, for instance, they can't hand over Bolivars to Russia. And Russia is not going to accept a cryptocurrency either. You need gold. And I think any, any country that is running the risk of um, of the U.S. of running into the U.S. and not being uh, partnered with them in many respects, will need gold to to for international trade. So I think that's what's happening with Turkey. They're they're just hedging their bets, saying, "Look, we have a dollar that that's uh, losing value very quickly. We need to we need something for international trade, and gold is going to be it. It's certainly not going to. I'm I'm sure the president of of Turkey sitting there saying, I'm not going to go out and buy U.S. dollars to trade with China and to trade with Russia and to trade with anybody else. Mm-hmm. Well, They're going to buy gold instead. Sure they are. And again, this is leading to the concern that maybe is not shared by everybody. Certainly our listeners wouldn't be thinking of this, I don't think. But but these countries that are adding gold, what do they see that, that other countries don't? Why is it that Canada isn't adding to their gold reserves? What uh, is being left on the table in terms of uh, opportunities that one might use to justify this? I can tell you in the uh, part of the world where the Russias are and where China are, this is de-dollarization. Mark my word, this is the biggest war being fought behind the scenes, much bigger than any active war zone. This is the de-dollarization. This is countries adapting a new standard of thought in terms of currency and getting rid of U.S. treasuries, which they have for the longest of time been addicted to. Yeah, it's it's partly uh, a lack of confidence in that currency. And the fact that that, that confidence is waning is forcing the U.S. to take measures against those countries, right? So you get the trade wars with China, you get sanctions against Russia, you get trying to get regime regime change in Venezuela. But this is all basically because the U.S. dollar isn't strong anymore that they have to do something else instead. Gold has value. It does. So let's stay on that point. Come back with gold demand for 2019. Talk a little bit more about silver as well. To get into the market, call the number one eight seven seven eight silver or go over to the website guildhallwealth.com. We would love to help you get into these markets. So do, uh, do take advantage of that. We'd love to speak with you. And if you have the time, 
Look through that website. Get yourself a free investor kit. Get it sent to you as quickly as possible. We are approaching the RSP deadline. We've just had a big RSP seminar. If you're hearing this show on Saturday or Sunday, we'll tell you more about that next week's show. But we do offer these seminars at your location. We will come to you. You can come to our office. You can do it in a group setting through your employer. Uh, and there are lots of opportunities which we'll discuss as we get back in the second segment. You are listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back once again to The Real Money Show. We appreciate you staying with us over that break. The number to call to get in touch with Guildhall Wealth Management is one eight seven seven eight silver and the website is guildhallwealth.com. There you can go and shop online through the comfort of our e-store. You can pick up your initial bit of bullion, start stacking today, right now as we're speaking. There's lots of product types there and various options for you to take advantage of. We still have the RSP promotion on for every 5,000 you you put into any type of RSP or registered account, we will give you one gram of gold absolutely free of charge up to a maximum of 10 grams of gold is our way of saying thank you for getting in the market, offsetting that uh, little bit of cost in terms of a trade fee or whatnot, but really just an opportunity for us to say welcome aboard. We're glad to hear, have you here at Guild Hall. Now in the first segment, Jeremy, we're talking about uh the idea of central banks and who was buying. I mean, this is, you know, among some of the biggest group, uh, China and Russia and uh, Turkey, which are the big players. There were some minor players that you wouldn't expect either. And we talked about the de-dollarization of these countries and, and what that means to geopolitical instability. Well, folks, quite bluntly, expect more of it. They are starting to walk away from the U.S. dollar. It is a trend which is in place and it's slowly happening. But when you Who look, are some of the smaller ones? That's right. When you look across the board and you see Hungary made one of its largest purchases, increasing its gold reserves by 31 and a half tons. Indian purchases were up uh, in total. Their gold reserves rose by 40 and a half tons, which is the highest annual growth since the purchase of 200 tons from the IMF fund in 2009. I remember that. So that's a big one there, right? Mongolia was in that group. Central Bank of Iraq, the state oil fund of Azerbaijan. There is a number of Middle Eastern countries adding to their holdings. And again, the net purchases absolutely dwarf the net sales and this has been uh, now six years running that this has occurred and the same can be said in terms of what we saw in demand for silver so not to jump the gun but the idea here that uh, you're entering into a new phase of global economic understanding is unique to this in that I believe this time around Jeremy that gold and silver rises not because people want to speculate and because they want to get in on something that's hot per se but because it means the protection of their very survival and it make sure that they survive their economies thrive because they're backed by an asset which is viewed the world over as the only true currency you know last week we talked about um, the head of commodities um, from Goldman Sachs and his analyst was his his analysis of the market was basically saying that central bank buying in 2019 could drive the price to 1425 gold alone um, when we're talking about central banks buying we're talking about the fact that there is a lack of confidence in the U.S. dollar. The debts show that lack of confidence because they're not bringing their debts down. Um, 
and ultimately they're dishoarding their treasuries and their bonds for U.S. dollar and they're looking for ways to trade internationally without the U.S. dollar. Um, it's sort of that kind of um, last slap in the face, if you will, as the confidence is falling. So what does that mean? If the U.S. dollar is not being used as much in international trade, they're losing additional value of their utility of being the world's reserve currency. So what does this mean to the listener is that if countries around the globe are, are buying gold for trading with each other, and they're not wanting to use the U.S. dollar for international trade, it means that the U.S. dollar is going is destined to lose value over time. And if it is losing value over time, it means that gold in U.S. dollars is going to rise precipitously. Same thing in Canadian dollars because what they don't have anything backing their dollar except maybe crown land, which means if you have lots of debts, you're going to sell off your crown land. You've just sold off your sovereignty. So there's some issues there. But what we're talking about is a lack of confidence. So you want to become your own central bank. You want to have zero counterparty risk. You don't want to have any – not that you don't want any exposure to fiat currencies, but that you should certainly have a portion of your portfolio that doesn't have exposure to those fiat currencies. So if you, know, if you have a stock that's in U.S. dollars and it's losing 6% a year, well, it really doesn't matter if you're getting 4% dividend and it went up 3%. You're losing, right? So you need something that's going to hedge against that, lock, that loss of value. Well, again, when you look at what the cost of ownership is for bullion and you put it up against any of the major investments you make on a day-to-day -day basis, the only real comparison would be where you're storing product. And as we were talking before the show today, mm -hmm. we were talking about managed ex expense ratios, the MER value of each mutual fund and a lot of our clients, as you know, come to us and they are well positioned and have been for many, many years, some many decades in the mutual fund industry and of course making their regular yearly contributions. When you look at it as a whole, there is a fairly significant shift occurring in that industry now to give people the impetus to become more educated about where their wealth is, to understand the principles of ownership a little better, and to really self-direct their own wealth, to be knowledgeable about what they own. And I find that the those criteria are more than often uh, met by ownership of gold or through ownership of gold and silver, especially the knowledge part. I find our clients become very knowledgeable about markets as a result of getting fed uh, a ton of information and then they themselves picking up that ball and running with it. And really what it comes down to is more knowledge, you get more success. And I think that that's the key to the ownership of gold and silver. Now, when also those, also the, a lot of the mutual funds and your traditional investment paths don't recognize gold. Um, you know, they might do it um, begrudgingly. Oh, well, yeah, you should probably have 10%. But that's just, you know, in, in my mind, advisors saying that is because they, they're not involved in the, in the market. They don't receive any financial compensation by recommending gold. Um, they don't have vehicles that can provide gold in a proper manner, which means holding product in a that has no counterparty, which means not putting it in an ETF, not putting it in a in a in a fund. 
those sorts of things. So they don't really have a means in which they can they can actually help customers, their investing customers, to, to go in the right direction and give them that proper protection. So when clients go on their own and do self-directed, they come to gold on, the, on their own and they say, oh, well, let me look at the numbers here. And I think that's what we were we were kind of getting to before the show, Darren, looking at the numbers and saying, well, to hold gold is much cheaper than holding mutual funds. And the gains in gold over the last 17 years have been north of 8% a year. So, you know, it's worked out actually more beneficial than having someone manage different stocks. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom the website. And I suspect that if you're heading over there, you will be very close to cutting into that deadline for RSPs. So if you're looking to open up a registered account with new funds and make this year's contribution, then you need to get on your horse and hurry up. And that is an understatement because it takes time to get that ball rolling. Now, I will remind people, we are not your financial planners or advisors. If you open up a registered account using Guildhall's expertise in bullion for the purpose of purchasing and selling and storage, this does not mean that we are going to become your financial planner and advisors. Quite the opposite. You are going to become educated. You are going to understand, maybe in some cases for the very first time in your life, what your money is doing for you, where it is parked, and you will get that tangible asset that can be held in your hands, which I think is the greatest of all bits of education one could receive. Yeah, I don't, I, maybe it's because we're in we're in our own bubble, Darren, but what we see day to day is people taking control of their finances. We see people taking control saying, "Well, I'm going to handle my own my own uh, portfolio." Uh we, you know, we also see people who um have been in different different uh investment spheres and and they're looking at them saying, "Well, I'm fully invested over there. I'm looking to properly diversify." And those are people who, you know, they see that, "Okay, well, you know, maybe maybe I have enough real estate. The market looks pretty, you know, it's been strong for quite some time or I've been in the stock market for quite some time. It's been very strong for quite some time." You know, there's there's comes a time where you have to seek diversification as a way to protecting your wealth. So, we see a lot of uh you know, people who are taking control of their wealth and, you know, nothing beats putting physical gold and silver in your hand and knowing what real money is. And it doesn't take long to just overcome those initial costs of, of acquiring the product. And then once you have it, what I've noticed over the years is people stop thinking about the cost to get involved and they start thinking about what they have, right? It stops being, well, how much is it to buy an ounce of gold? What is it if I sell it? You know, it doesn't really matter if that cost was $50 or $80. At the end of the day, what will matter is, do I have 10 ounces or do I have 50? Do I have 50 or do I have 100? How many ounces of gold will it take to buy uh, a median home in Toronto, right? Well, does that tell me if gold is undervalued or overvalued? How many ounces does, of gold does it take to buy the Dow, right? All of these type of things. And you start to get a sense of what real value is based on gold because fiat currencies, Darren, we know there is no way to understand what the value of the Canadian dollar is. It's like trying to figure out how much you weigh with a measuring tape. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom is the website to go to. Get yourself a free investor kit. That is the starting point. Find more out about each of the various ways you can own and hold physical gold and silver in any of our various account types. If it's just buying some, 
picking it up and taking it home, that's a really easy thing to do as well as storage. And when we come back from break, we are going to talk about some frequently asked questions as well as stay on the demand trends for 2019. We promised them in both gold and silver. We're going to talk a little bit about them. And I suspect most people will be anxious to know what we think the price of gold and silver will be doing. So we'll be keeping an eye on those and much, much more as well as a small update Argyle Pink Diamonds. This is one of our favorite topics. This makes money for people, Jeremy, and I don't want people to miss out on this opportunity. So when we come back, we'll spend a little bit of time on that as well. You are listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. You're doing so on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. In studio with me today, Jeremy Wiseman, Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management, as usual, and myself, Darren Long. I am the Senior Vice President of Sales with Guildhall, and we are happy to be here once again to give you uh, some updated information. We have been talking about various topics, but within a general theme of demand trends for the year. We talked a little bit about central bank's demand in 2018, the largest since 1971. I hope our listeners are hearing that because that is for certain, 100% without a doubt in my opinion, that is giving us foresight into what is about to transpire. The that sea is going to happen. Coming. The That's sea change is coming. Absolutely. So when we look at that as the guiding principle for understanding what the future holds, how can the prices of silver and gold not rise when that kind of demand enters into the market? Well, folks, the last quarter of 2018 happened to be where we saw the biggest change in both gold and silver. And of the demand for the year, the last quarter happened to be the largest amount of demand from central banks. So there you go. Silver's up 15.5%, by the way, since mid-November and uh, continuing to consolidate over this past five, six-day period, but looking very poised to break out at this point in time. The, the irony of, of uh, the U.S. controlling the gold market uh, through the COMEX and you know, uh, putting headwinds, as we say, keeping the, the prices lower than they should be, is that they're giving advantage to all the other countries to continue to accumulate it at lower prices and, and put more and more pressure on the actual physical market. Like we've seen um, shortages in the market um, that have been absolutely crazy. I think we put an order in uh, at the end of December. We didn't get it through till uh, the end of January. So we know that there's major physical shortages. And actually, I even saw one of our RSP clients on their inventory report. They got, I think, the 15th or 12th bar from the Royal Canadian Mint. Their serial number was like 2019-000012. So um, that's how tight the market is. So I, I do think that um, markets are bigger than governments, and when the prices start to move in precious metals, I, I, I still truly believe, believe, I've said this before and I'll say it again, that there's going to be people who are going to have a tough time getting metal when the time comes. Well, in, in, uh, in respect of what it is we're seeing in price action in the markets, it would be uh, certainly seasonally 
acceptable to see some consolidation. January is a very big month, but let's get into that and delve a little bit further into the concept of what it is we're going to be seeing over the next few months. So now, some demand trends. Yeah, some demand trends, and let's let's pick on silver a little bit because it is our favorite metal. The Silver Institute uh, released a press release this past week, and um, Albeit they acknowledge themselves that silver was in a, a challenging environment, as the term they use, the phrase they use, which was reflected in what they call a muted price performance, which we have said numerous times is just part of the period of consolidation before the uptrend continues. And against a backdrop of everything that's happening globally in all of the world economy, the Silver Institute provides the following insights on demand trends. And they say that from a silver demand perspective, one of the first things they indicate is that silver demand will increase from industrial fabrication, which is currently responsible for about 60% of total demand. And it is forecast to rise, albeit they say modestly in 2019. And they expect most sectors using silver industrially will in fact increase. And this is on the back of continued demand from the automotive sector, which uses increasing amounts in their applications. Uh, safety features is one of the particular areas they point out. Computers. Computers, absolutely. Um, window defogging and infotainment systems. Yeah, that was a cool uh, one. I didn't, I didn't know that one that... Uh that they use silver in Best defogging. of heat, right? Yeah. So it, it conducts heat faster than any known source on the face of the earth. And they also forecast growth in silver's use in a variety of additional sectors, water purification, chemical applications, LED lighting. There's a big one, obviously hmm. on the- Wow, that's huge. Yeah, big change. Flexible electronics. You may have seen now there are numerous phone companies coming out with a flexible or foldable cellular uh, device, which is interesting to see, as well as screens and antimicrobial applications in textiles, of all things. So these well, are that, awesome that's not, things that's that are coming new. out. Right? It's nothing right? new, the right? The sports Absolutely. clothing they've been, they've been putting into sports clothing was originally a, a military application. That's right. The second area they have pointed out here in terms of silver demand for 2019 is photovoltaic. Now, for anybody that doesn't know that term, that's just solar. It's been expanding considerably in recent years, and there are uh, numerous countries that have stepped up to uh, increase the pace to diversify their energy needs into solar and uh, photovoltaic just means that silver is being used in those if you can picture them large solar panels yeah. they are it is the number one ingredient it is the best reflector of light and it's used heavily and in I think, all things solar and i think even as that technology improves you know, solar panels get smaller or, you know, they just get more productive, all of those type of things. I don't think that takes away from silver's um, usage in that, in that technology, right? Maybe the panels get smaller. Okay, so we need less there. But the technology in, in terms of, um, you know, the electrical aspect of the units, right? Um, all of that type of stuff. Um, the mirroring, of course, it's used in the mirroring and all of, all of these things. So it's sort of like silver in, in any any technology, like a computer. Okay, there was a quarter ounce in every Dell computer at one point, but now there's all these, um, you know, microcomputers like iPhones and iPods and all of, and iPads and all of these things. Well, you've made the units smaller, but you've put them into more hands, right? So I, I don't think that the demand for it goes down per se. 
Mm-hmm. Well, another point that they make here in demand above and beyond the industrial capacity uh, to grow demand for silver is the fact that India as a country stands out as a unique demand center and they say will continue to be one of the largest silver consumers in 2019. They say that silver imports reached nearly 225 million ounces last year, which was over 35% higher compared to 2017. Now, we have our own thoughts on this, and one of them is the fact that India has come down so aggressively on gold imports and exporting that people have turned their attention more so to its uh, more, uh, I guess, less costly, but um, more easily obtained uh, silver cousin, you know, or brother, if you will, smaller brother, and they are seeing their demand for silver rise dramatically. Another area they say, jewelry demand. It's expected to record a solid year in growth in 2019, and they say that Thailand, of all places, which has an incredibly burgeoning economy right now for many mm-hmm. reasons, set to be one of the driving forces behind the rise. In the United States also, they say silver jewelry will remain very popular alternative to uh, lower carat gold items, and there will be a global move towards higher amounts and demand for silver jewelry. The last and number five on their list is that exchange-traded products, ETPs, are forecast to expand by 8 million ounces this year. Silverback ETPs are stickier than other precious metals products, uh, as a majority are held by retail investors rather than institutional investors. So at the end of the day, when you look at all of these demand centers and their possibility of growth and what places like the Silver Institute say, they tend to be very conservative in their estimations because, of course, as an entity, they're sending these reports out. These these do follow up along the guidelines of what the world knows about silver demand and supply, and they want to be as accurate as possible. So I think some of these areas could be far greater in their demand and the pressure they put on pricing uh, than is being exposed in articles like this. So I think that that is going to be a huge thing for us to be watching. You know, the one thing this article doesn't really talk about is the investment demand. The amount, you know, they, they don't talk about uh, what's happening at the at the U.S. Mint, for instance, or, you know, we're when we allocate physical product in an RSP, for instance, or people take their product home, that product is has been taken out of the market and we're seeing very little bit very little of that product come back you know very little sell orders compared to the buy orders because at the end of the day Darren people who have been acquiring product over the last several years say sub $20 they're not looking to sell just because the price of silver moves up 7 or 8% they they understand that the price of silver like I spoke to a client this week you know, some some of the clients think way bigger than I do, and you know he thinks that the price is going to be in triple digits guaranteed, like two hundred, three hundred dollars an ounce. You know, I'd love to see it get to a triple digit number. I think it can. I think, given the fundamentals, anyone who looks at the fundamentals of this market says, "Oh my gosh, there's so little physical product out there, and there's so much demand for it." Um, we talked last week about an article from Bloomberg saying that there's a deficit this year and that increased demand uh, for industrial use will go up by 50% in the next four years. So could silver go to over $100 an ounce? Absolutely. So to be able to acquire some today, sub $20 US, just over $20 Canadian, 
it, it's it's amazing how much product you could acquire at this point. Well, just think of it from the practical sense of how many things you could actually say cost more than an ounce of silver. Pretty much everything <laughs> that you do on a day-to-day -day basis, whether it's putting gas in your car, whether it's having a meal, whether it's going to buy some wine for there dinner. Are, there are apps everything. more expensive than silver. Yes. There are magazines more expensive than silver. In other words, there's no excuse for the average person not to own at least a little bit of silver. The average person should be out there at least picking up a little bit about that. But in order to understand silver, let's understand a little more about what silver is, and that's bullion. And uh, to do that, we're gonna talk more about it in the next segment. I want you to stay with us because when we get back, we have that news to discuss about the Argyle mine, a little bit of an update there, as well as a little bit about the frequently asked questions, one of which is, what is bullion? We'll talk more about that, and uh, we're going to revisit, before we leave the show this week, a topic last week that was discussed about the cost of investment. When you're buying silver and gold, we want to be as transparent as possible. So let's go back to that topic, because people called in. They said, hey, this is what I needed to hear. This is what helped me to get to that point to decide to buy. You are listening to The Real Money Show. Remember, as you're tuned in this very day, if you're opening up an account, it's a registered account, you're getting one gram of gold free of charge for every 5,000 US you put into the account up to a 10 gram max. And we will be f happy, ecstatic, elated to be participating with you in that journey. We will hold your hand every step of the way. That is our guarantee to you. And uh, you can do that by calling the number one eight seven seven eight silver going over to guildhallwealth.com, finding out more right there. We will be back in a brief moment after this break. You are listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Well, we're back. It's the fourth and final segment of today's Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. That is, in case you cannot hear it, Jeremy giving us a golf clap because we made it to the fourth segment and we were speeding through that last segment, Jeremy. There's a lot to cover this week. There's even we more, still to, cover have right more now. to cover right now. But the truth is, folks, this is a show about demand for the most part. We were stunned to learn about the central bank demand as we talked earlier in the show. And uh, right now, let's talk about demand for pink diamonds very quickly. Uh, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I am working on the third installment of a series of articles that have been written since 2017 that are outlining the end of the end of the pink diamond mine known to you and to listeners worldwide as the Argyle diamond mine in Western Australia owned by none other than Rio Tinto. This mine has over the years had numerous different closing dates, years, times. I can remember hearing uh, lots of people talk about it ending as early as uh, five years ago, six years ago. But throughout all of this, if you did your research like we do, if you're connected like we are, you will have known that they have never, ever, ever left the original idea, which was that they had enough business there to conduct that would see that mine through until about 2020. And that's where we are, folks. Reclamation projects have begun already. What is reclamation? If you're following along, that is 
the reforestation of the land. If you look closely and you are in the inside and you can find the blogs or you can get on the Facebook groups like we do and look at all of this information, it's telling us one thing. The employees are starting to pack their bags. They are getting dwindled numbers and they are leaving their posts because there's no need for them to be there. The Argo mine is going to close and it is going to close very soon. And they're showing that, that they're that they're putting the they're trying to put the mine back to original nature. That's right. They're trying to basically bury the mine and, mm. and make it back to the land and, and you know, let it let it grow on its own. So what does this mean as an investor? Well, if you've already invested, hold on. The best is yet to come. If you haven't, this has got to be among the world's best kept secrets. Are Argyle Pink Diamonds cheap? They are not. As an investor, it's going to take money to make money. But when we talk about these types of diamonds, they are A, an investment that allows you to put your head down on a pillow at night and not stress. They are B, still affordable for the normal person. And C, we have them right here at Guildhall Wealth Management in our diamond section. You can go and see them on the website. You can come in and you can ask for the guide or go over to guildhallwealth.com and make a request for the diamond guide. Get familiar with pink diamonds because what is happening here is nothing short of incredible. Already, the industry acknowledges that in the last 10 years, we are approaching 400% gains in on average pink diamonds. So that is nothing short of amazing. It's right up there with the best gains of any market in the world. And it is a market which is not going to be available inside of the next 24 months. There'll be no more. In fact, this year may well be the very final tender that we ever see at the Argyle coming out of the Argyle pink diamond. And even, even so, whether it's this year, next year, or the year after, what's three tenders? That's like at most 180 diamonds. So it's it's insignificant in terms of when it ends. That's right. So if they have enough to carry them over another year or two, it still doesn't matter. It's an amazing situation to be in. Ask for that guide. We want you to be part of that, be part of the winning team, and that is getting that information now. So if you are following along, in addition to this, we're also talking about some of the most frequently asked questions on uh, Guildhall's website. One of is one of them which gets asked quite frequently is what is bullion you're listening along and you might hear us use the term bullion we use silver gold as well we talk about coins we talk about bars one thing you won't hear us use is the term numismatics or collectibles we don't deal in what we call numismatics or collectibles which are coins which have limited production or mintage which are collectible coins that might have some type of special face on them in limited print we deal only in what we consider to be true bullion and the easiest way to understand what bullion is it's a term used to describe any product produced from a precious metal gold silver platinum palladium whose value is determined almost exclusively by its precious metal content and that is the easiest way to understand what bullion is you might hear folks in the in the u.s say bullion it may be pronounced more like the cubes you put in your soup but it is bullion and that is the way we refer to gold and silver around here most frequently and that is what one of the frequently asked questions has been now when we're talking about bullion the other part of that equation is how do we come to our prices? When you look at a piece of gold and you want to buy a one ounce bar of gold, how do we come to our prices? Jeremy, 
It is an easy thing to understand, but yet so few people can really get their head around that. How do we come up with our final price on what one ounce of gold is going to be? Right. So what what's happening is the the product is set by the spot price in the market. That's what you see on like CP24 in the newspaper. Sometimes there's a futures contract quote they're showing, which could be a bit of a difference. But spot price is sort of the paper value, unfabricated price based today. So if I'm buying unfabricated product from a mine, let's say, it's going to be spot price plus a tiny premium, whatever the mine is charging, right? Um, now, that's going to go to an LBMA, London Bullion Market Association approved um, refiner. So let's say Royal Canadian Mint is going to acquire that product, refine it to 99.9% purity, fabricate it into a specific bar. The larger the bar, the lower the fabrication charge. The smaller the bar or coin, the larger the fabrication charge. And then they're going to uh, package that and ship it out to a wholesaler or direct to, um, or direct to um, a vault facility. So in this case, there's going to be some added costs in there. And then once it arrives to a wholesaler or a dealer like Guildhall, there's going to be some sort of retail premium at attached to that. Right now in gold, for instance, um, and I've been in this market for, for over a decade. I haven't seen margins this low in the market where you could get into gold for under $50 an ounce over spot, which is ridiculous uh, in the sense that um, I remember buying in over a decade ago and it was like $80 over spot and the price was less than half it is today. Plus, given the demand aspects of the market, um, I do think that those premiums are going to rise over time as, as uh, demand picks up and, more importantly, supply gets crunched. So understanding this, in a nutshell, is that there is a raw product that goes in to be refined. There's a cost there. There is a shipment of that metal. There is a cost there. And then there is a dealer wholesale profit margin markup, which we're entitled to in order to get it out to the public, and that's a small markup there. All in all, it might mean that in purchasing silver, you're about a dollar or so away from what they call the spot price. Yep. In gold, same thing said. You might be a few percent away from the actual spot price, and that's what's called fair market pricing. Now, in order to be competitive, Guildhall has to have fair market pricing because we have competitors around the world that offer those fair market valuations. I would suggest you go over to our website. There you can see the different types of bullion that you now know what that means. You can go see the different types of bullion. You can see the pricing there. Now, in last week's show, what I loved about that show was the fact that we had a number of people call in and say, hey, you told me what it would cost to get in a registered account as well as the cost. So if you're buying bullion in a registered account, for the most part, you can also use our website to get a sense of what that price of silver or gold will be. Use the pricing on the website and then apply that to your purchase and you get a round figure. It won't be exact because nothing is. The market moves up and down in price every few seconds, but you can get an idea cost-wise of what it's going to be to get into the market. Now, when it comes to opening a registered account, you must get into this market now. The deadline comes at the end of this month. The deadline approaches quickly, and we need a few days to process that whole application and get those funds into your new account. If they are new funds, perfect. If it's a transfer from another institution, which we also can help you do, don't worry about deadlines on that. That money's already been put into your RSP umbrella. You needn't worry about deadlines there. 
But for new funds, people looking to open up an RSP, get gold in and silver, and count it towards the 2018 tax year, you must get that in and get it done now. Call the number one eight seven seven eight silver or go to the website guildhallwealth.com. You can ask for Jeremy or myself personally, and we'd be happy to respond to you and answer your questions and walk you through that whole process. We will hold your hand every step of the way. We have a great partner and it's easy to do. We will get you into these markets. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com. Now Jeremy, before we close off this week's show, another frequently asked question that people want to know the answer to whether it's registered accounts or not, is can I take physical possession of my metal? Let's deal with this in two parts. One, I want to come into Guildhall. It's not a registered account. I just want to make a purchase of gold. Do I have to store it with Guildhall? No, absolutely not. You can take delivery of your product. We call that an over-the-counter purchase. You would acquire the product, take it home with you. Give us a call. We do a point by appointment only, but you just give us a call a day in advance. Maybe, uh, you know, say, call us in the morning. I want to come by in the afternoon just to verify that we have that product available for you to pick up. And uh, or we can, um, you know, have it delivered the next day from our from our vault if it's something a larger order. And we only deal in direct delivery of product. We don't deal in paper. So that would be you know, part of our motto, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. So the first step is you buy it, you acquire it, you take it home, or we ship it to you if you're buying it through the e-store. I've bought my metal. Simply put, I've made some profit. I want to sell it. Does Guildhall take back my metal? 100%. It's actually very easy for us. That's why part of the reason why we keep a limited inventory is that it's very easy for us to buy and sell. That product is very is, is recognized globally, so it's very easy for us to sell. And for us, you know, we, we either buy it back directly ourselves or we buy it and sell it directly back to our wholesaler. So it's a very easy process for us. You're never locked out of the market in that sense. We keep the liquidity in the market uh, within that regard. Um, of course, we do have the RSPs. You can hold it physically allocated, segregated in your RSP account, even access the vault to personally audit your holdings. It doesn't get, and it's an independent vault facility, so it doesn't get to be more secure than this type of investment where there's zero counterparty risk, but it's still within your registered account. So you're still getting the expertise of Guildhall along with that. If you've taken your product home, you're also getting Guildhall That's expertise. Right. There is no additional cost there, and we're happy to do that for you. It's our challenge to be the best we can be, but let's get that number out there. one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom is the website. Jeremy, lots to talk about on next week's show. We will have the follow-up from our seminar from this weekend. If you're listening to the show, you've missed this one, but we'll be happy to let you know when the next one is and much more to talk about as these weeks progress. Get in, get in here now. The price of gold and silver this weekend is slightly on sale. It is consolidation. It is healthy for the market. Mark my words, the market looks good right now. We think it's going higher. We'd love for you to be part of this. You have been listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.